Well, good morning, Southern Oregon, and welcome to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima, here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott, Southern Oregon. And here we are uh, still dealing with the aftermath of the fires, and we're still in a worldwide pandemic. Um, and the face of real estate has definitely changed in Southern Oregon. Every one of us has someone that we know and love who has lost a house, uh, has lost everything. And Pete and I are here to help you navigate through uh, what this means to real estate, what it means to our market, what it means to you and your neighbors. Um, and we're also very sorry to say that Pete, um, our own dear Pete, was one of the people that did lose his home. And he's been kind enough to uh, join us today and talk about uh, how to help all of you uh, get through this uh, from his own experience. So Pete, yeah. thank you. Thank you for being willing to do this. Tell us, tell us, how are you? How is you and your family? Well, uh, yeah, first of all, you know, it's been quite a, it's been, it's been one of the most historic weeks maybe in the history of the Rogue Valley for all I know for something like this, Alice, uh, unprecedented in our, in our life. And hopefully maybe never have to go through that again. Uh, but no, my house was one of, of literally thousands that, uh, you know, that burned to the ground and uh, you lose, you know, you lose your possessions. You always wonder what that would be like if you ever had ever happened to you. You never thought it would ever happen to you. You know, we talked about on our, on our show for, for years uh, about fires and protection. We always thought a fire, if we ever had a catastrophic fire in the Rogue Valley, it would be in the hills and the forests around us, right? Not right in the middle of the Rogue Valley and the Bear Creek Greenway along the freeway to have such catastrophic results are just, un, you know, it's just unprecedented to us. And so uh, we've seen others go through this and now we're having to go through it ourselves as a community. And I think a real test of all of us is how are we gonna, how are we gonna come through this? How are we gonna help those so many displaced people and where do they go and how can we, you know, rebound and rebuild ourselves and have affordable housing that we lost because we lost a ton of it, as you know. So it was quite a week, wasn't it, Allison? We're still not out of it. We're still not out of the woods here on this weekend. Right, and we want you to stay tuned. We've got a break coming up. We've got some really solid advice. We've got some great ideas of things to do. And it's not just about real estate. It's where to get help. It's how to help each other and what it means for the future. So uh, please stay tuned. Uh, Pete's going to share more of his story. It was really quite quite scary and dramatic what happened to he and his family and as it did to lots of other people in our valley and our hearts and prayers go out to everyone please don't touch that dial we'll be back momentarily pete belcastro alice lima here on the radio show Well, welcome back to the Real Estate Show, folks. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott here in Southern Oregon, and we're talking about what happened to our poor little valley and our friends and family this week with the fires. And we're also still in the middle of the corona pandemic, and people are still trying to move and buy and sell. And our own dear Pete um, lost his home this week, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about what that was like, and then we're going to talk about how to help all of us get through this uh, this trying time. So Pete, you had um, a situation where you lived and it all happened quite fast. Can you tell us a little bit what that was like? Because I think the experience was common to many of our neighbors out there. Well, you know, when you, when you drive now along the, uh, the freeway and you see where, how, it, how, it, the, how the fire moved with those terrible winds. You know, Alice, the last time we had 
uh, big fires in, in the Rogue Valley. And I forget how many years ago it was, but we had the same similar wind. And I remember that morning when the Coleman Creek fire down by Ashland and the Roxanne fire uh, up off of Med East Medford, they both went in the same morning in the same within an hour of each other. And that was when we had those terrible winds. And this was just like that, except this wind came straight up the valley and the fire started, of course, along the Greenway and its pattern all up I-5 were just really incredible. And people didn't have much warnings. And in our play, I, I live in the last couple of years, lived in the Bear Lake Mobile Estates right on exit 24. And uh, really all of a sudden the, uh, the fire truck, uh, the, the police and the loudspeakers and sirens going, get out now, get out now. The fire had already reached there that fast. And I was worried about maybe being trapped inside because there's only one way out there at, at Bear Lake Estates. And we just literally drop everything. You, you grab a handful of things and you run. And when I look, when I turn out of the park, I can see flames in the park already. And I told Chris, my wife, I go, it's, uh, it, it's, it, we're done. It's not going to come back. And, but the devastation beyond that uh, is, is, is beyond. And, I, and let me just say, Alice said, I'm, lucky that, I'm luckier than 99% uh, of everybody else who've lost everything too, because I have a place to go, thank goodness. And so I'm okay in that kind of thing. But I know so many of our neighbors are hurting so badly. There's no place. And, you know, Phoenix is in town, and much of it, you know, is a bedroom community for Ashland and Medford. That's where the workers live in those communities. And that's where it's more affordable. There are parks stuck back in Phoenix you never even see that host hundreds of, 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 of fifth wheels, uh, you know, uh, uh, old uh, uh, single wides, old RVs, and filled full of old people and children. And these parks are all gone. Uh, the apartments in Phoenix and how so many workers and young people are gone. Um, so we have a lot of work to do, as you see. And so I can say I, I'm, I'm more fortunate than 99% than of everybody. Uh, and that's good. So anyway, and it has been, it's horrible. Yeah. But it does. And your story is very common. Um, I've been one of the uh, people that have been receiving um, photos uh, from people who are inside the burn area, not sneaking in people yeah. that were already there or going back with um, permission and getting videos uh, because so many of the displaced people are so far away from here. They can't even come to check. And um, as agents, you know, John L. Scott wants us to verify that uh, our properties are still standing if they're in contract or if they're listed. And we're going to talk about sure. that in a minute. Um, so, but the devastation was so absolute. And like you said, we were all more prepared for this to happen in the hills. Right. And that's similar to like what's happening in Eagle Point and Shady Cove. And those people, uh, you know, have been off and on high alert um, as well as Central Point. Um, but here we are on Saturday and, um, you know, we've got our fingers crossed for the rest of the week. Um, so Pete, you've got a place to go. Um, a lot of our friends and family who don't have places to go, I want to just give you a quick list. Uh, you can check with the Red Cross, you can check with United Way and each municipality, each town, uh, has their own resources. So you've got places to go. You've also got people like me, my Facebook, my, um, my other social media. We're putting people's needs out there. If you need a job, if you need clothes, if you need water, um, if you need a place to stay, we're here to kind of help be the connection. There are, there are agents who are taking in their clients into their own personal homes. There are people who are, who are taking strangers in, uh, in neighbors, you know, everywhere. Uh, and people scattered, you know, the problem you have is your community scatters now. 
I mean, think of if, if, if we lost them in several thousand homes and, and, you know, businesses and stuff, those people are going to scatter. And so the communities are changed really forever. Uh, you talked about, you know, paradise a few years ago in Reading. Remember what happened there? We watched those, we watched those and talked about those situations right here on our own show. And here we find ourselves in the same situation. I'm not saying that, you know, this is bad or whatever, but certainly for our community, it's devastating. Well, and I want to do a shout out to our sheriff department, our wildline firefighters, our city firefighters, our city police, our city EMTs. Our emergency services are amazing. And we learned a lot from watching the Paradise uh, Reading fires. And I don't know if people remember, but our troops, our folks who are in the uh, emergency services and firefighters, they practiced and they got ready and they were so on it, Pete. I know the devastation is horrible. I know they're only just now finding out if people passed away in the fire or not, but they were so in front of it um, and they worked so hard. Just, we love them, we thank them. And I know many of them have lost houses. So our hearts and prayers go out to them and their families as well. And they were really up against Mother Nature at its worst possible moment. You know that on Tuesday, I, I, and I, I think Scott Lewis in our office uh, told us that uh, Jackson County on Tuesday afternoon when that fire raged through here, that Jackson County had 6% humidity, which was less humidity than there was in Palm Desert, California at the same time. So. You can see how dry it was and the winds and they had it, they were up against, you know, huge. They stopped that fire. I know at South Stage Road, finally, but you know, it, it, you, the, the wind, that wind was amazing. So yeah, we go on, uh, Alice, you, you, you have clients. I know we, we all have clients and I know people are calling everybody that the cell lines were jammed, you know, I think it's maybe it's easing up now, but we've just scattered. Our community has scattered and people have taken in lots of people because we have no place to go. So what, what do we do? I mean, don't you think it's going to have just effects? I mean, Phoenix and Talent are the ones that have been affected the most. I mean, there's, I mean, in, in, right now, Central Point, too, I shouldn't say that, is more. Well, and Eagle Point, and Eagle it, Point and Shady Cove. Oh, it, uh, I drove by. That's pretty much everybody. <laughs> and then I think, you know, like, the backside of Grants Pass had problems, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, so it, it's going to have an effect on real estate. So I think, th think about the rental market. You know, it was tight before. There's less than f the, the latest SOMLS stats came out, you know, this last week in the midst of all of this chaos that we saw. There was $468 million worth of real estate sold, you know, in Jackson County in the previous three months. Now it's going to change. I think, Alice, our market has got to change with this. The rental market's going to change with this because all of a sudden we, we've, we've got less inventory. I mean, we've lost, what, 1,500? I, I, I'm not sure the number of homes. We've lost businesses. So we've lost, we've contracted in a market that has already seen, you know, low, low inventory levels. So what do you think? What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, because I do have some predictions and a lot of it is based on just the market the day before this all happened, combined with what we learned from the Paradise and Reading fires and then the ongoing corona pandemic. So um, we had a low inventory situation, but it was about to bust loose and lots and lots of listings come online. And these were based on people who delayed from the spring because of the corona. Um, many, many more people decided because of the corona, they were just out of here and they were going somewhere else. And now we have this fire situation. So yes, we lost 
more than a thousand housing units is what they call it. We lost probably closer to 1500. We don't have the exact numbers now. So then the question is, well, what does this do? What does this do to the, the people who don't have a place to live that are going to either purchase something or they're going to build? And then what does this do to the rental market? So let's go to the tenants first because they're the, they're a vulnerable, well, everybody's vulnerable, but um, we do have um, tenants that were displaced. The, the homes went to the ground, nothing is left. What is the landlord's obligation? I actually had landlords calling me and asking about the rent. The rent needs to go back to the people as well as their deposit, in my opinion, because you can't go and prove that they didn't take care of your house because the house is gone unless you did an inspection the day before. So advice to landlords, give them their money back. Tell your insurance company. Um, there is landlord's insurance. You should have had that. Um, and if you're a tenant, you should have had renter's insurance because that's what covers your stuff. And if you don't have renter's insurance, get it next time. So, so you're right. And, and you know, we've talked about that many times over the years in apartments and having that renter's insurance. You're right. That's where it really comes in handy right now. And we'll see the insurances. So the insurance is going to, I know we've got a break coming up, but when we come back, and you're going to talk about insurance, Alice, and what's happening with that right now because of this. Uh, that was the fir first place I called, okay? I mean, I, literally, when, when I realized that my house was, you know, was toast here and it was gone, the first thing that comes to your mind, I got to call my insurance guy, right? So Greg White, who's been on our show, I, I, I typed him, I think it was, I think it was three in the morning, you know, I said this, but by 7 a.m. I had a claim number and a person assigned to me. So the insurance people, if you have that, do that first, do not wait. Because if you do, you're going to be put in line and you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. So get that done as fast as you can. You, you know who your insurance people are and call them. This is where you really find out when the rubber meets the road with your insurance guy. Girl, did you get the right one? And uh, uh, hopefully people are not going to have problems. And I, you know, and I think the insurance companies, they have a lot of experience now in disasters, I think. And uh, they ought to be able to handle our, 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 uh, our people, hopefully, within you know reasonable time because the worst thing you can do wasn't it in paradise you said that it took so long for some people to get insurance money and out of remember the santa rosa fires and stuff is that what your experience was well it went in batches the people who were highly organized had their policies on digitized on the cloud so that's something else is you know if you're in this situation and in, whether you're a homeowner or a, a landlord or a tenant um, and you lost your electronic devices you lost your computer like pete you know you lost yours it's like well what do you do so um, as you rebuild a really good habit is to have dropbox or google docs or some kind of you know, secure trout cloud technology and make sure your documents get uploaded, like put it on your calendar. I, I make jokes about the Martha Stewart calendar once a quarter, twice a year, once a month, get all your uploaded documents and you can start it now. Your insurance company can email you stuff. They can email your policy. Um, and, and I, I think if you're trying to read your policy, it's better to get, like you said, Pete, on the phone with your insurance person and have them tell you what it says. Um, and don't wait because waiting is not only going to add delays at the end, uh, it's going to make it more complicated because the more time goes by, the more you forget about what your situation actually was before the fire. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And have, you know, I, 
I wish, <laughs> you know, in, in sports, there's a great saying, I would woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, that kind of thing. And I wish I would have done things differently myself. You learn. And that's why we do our show is to educate ourselves. And sometimes we, do, we don't do it. But boy, you're good advice there because you never know where you are. Anything can happen to us. We're not immune as much as we thought. And now we're seeing uh, the results of it. And we all got to kind of pull together to stay with it. Yep, and so we're going to be back after this break. Do not uh, change that dial. You do not want to miss a second of this conversation. We're going to talk more about what to do in a fire situation. We're going to talk real estate. We're going to talk what to do if you've lost your home. Uh, so we'll be right back. Alice and Pete on The Real Estate Show. Welcome back, Southern Oregon, to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima. I'm here with Pete Belcastro, who's discussing uh, real estate in Southern Oregon with the fires and the pandemic and his own experience of having to rush out of a, a burning uh, subdivision, the Bear Creek subdivision, getting away and watching the flames in his rearview mirror. It's, Pete, uh, how, how much notice did you get? What was that, what was that situation there? Because that's an over 55 park, right? That's elderly, not that you're elderly, but <laughs> sorry that it come out right. Yeah, no, what was interesting is uh, uh, people took, uh, this is a great lesson of how communities are going to take care of themselves in the future. You know, uh, I was in the media a long time and the media is very different today and they can't, they don't have enough, they don't have very many people. When you get into a situation emergency like this, I think the media, to be honest with you, in my opinion anyway, lacked a lot there. So I think we were on our own. What we need to do is have our own police scanners. That's where you learn the most what was going on, obviously, and things like that. But, you know, uh, we're, 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 we're just kind of stuck here. And, uh, um, you know, I don't know what's, you know, where that goes or how far we, we can talk about it. But I think people took, took a lot of Facebook. You did that. People were taking their own pictures, posting things about wh what was happening. I know even down at SOU and RV, the old Rogue Valley Community Television channels, they put the maps up with uh, just ran the police scanners. So we had to get our own information, but I didn't hear about level one, two, and three. And I think the fire was going so fast though. I think Alice on Tuesday afternoon, about three o'clock, you know, when it was doing so much damage, I don't think they had time really to get anybody. And they were, they were stretched, you know, pretty thin as well. So, uh, but we should have been better prepared. I think I look back on it and I think most people probably would we could have taken more, we could have done a little bit better, be prepared in case of an emergency. And that's the lesson I take with this is that I could have done a lot better job for my own family than I did. Um, and I, you know, but you learn as you go, you know, you never think it's gonna, it's, you never think it's gonna happen to you. And I would have never thought it would happen in the middle of the Rogue Valley in Phoenix, which is kind of right between Medford, you know, you just never think that could possibly happen here, especially in an urban area, just like we are in our landscape. But yeah, we have you, you always freeze. think in town you're going to be safer uh, with that. So, so let's talk about some. Uh, I'm sorry. Did so no, was, just, even even Southwest Medford Alice was under level three alerts for a while. Things like that. It was that much out of control. So, well, and Central Point over by Costco, high density areas. And the pilots gone. You know, I mean, there's so many of our structures that wait wait till. I mean, I know the roads have you know open and closed different times. Wait till you drive through them, and I don't, don't do it yet, but wait till you drive through them and, and you'll see things that'll it'll make you, it'll sober you up. If you're, if you've been drinking beers, it'll maybe it'll sober you up when you see it. I, I tell you that. Well, let yeah. me ask insurance, because I've heard all week long, got a lot of clients who are, who are asking about insurance. And so I've heard that 
they're not issuing any more policies in the valley. Can you tell me what's going on about what's binding, what's not binding? Because all of a sudden, insurance is at the top of our list, it seems like this week. Okay, so if you're a homeowner um, or you're in the process of buying uh, real estate property, uh, if you're getting a mortgage, insurance is required and uh, hazard insurance, fire insurance is, is part of that. So um, the thing is, if you're in contract right now in an escrow, um, you want to call the insurance company involved and make sure that that they call it a binder, that that insurance document was issued already and that they, the insurance company is still going to allow that policy to be put in place. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to close escrow because when there's an event like this, the insurance companies have a thing called a moratorium. It's a thing. And they will not allow any changes. They will not issue any new policies. If you miss a payment, if you're a second late, you're done. You, you may not have insurance so this is a very tricky time everybody needs to call uh, their insurance company and find out where they stand if they're in a transaction right now and if you're listed in a transaction and you want more insurance um, or your escrow is going to be delayed because your policy wasn't set up in time then what's going to happen is they're going to wait till the event is a little bit over and then they're going to lift the moratorium and that's the, that's the question you ask and that's the word you use is when is my moratorium I'm going to be lifted. Now, um, if you're a tenant or you're a, a buyer and you're in the process of putting stuff in somebody else's house, let's say the seller let you put stuff in the in the garage or on the property, you need renter's insurance in that situation. And um, that's actually not a good idea to put your stuff in somebody else's house until you own it, but, but you need to have that kind of squared away ahead of time. So what happens if I say I write an offer and my the buyers are, are going to shop for insurance right now. So they're calling, you know, our friend Greg or somebody, uh, what's, are, are they still writing the policies or are they holding them off? For Not right now. I mean, you might be able to get somebody to draft something, but they're so busy taking care of people that have lost everything. I don't know that that's a reasonable request, but I would make it anyway. I would, I would call and ask them, just don't expect the policy to be issued until the moratorium's over. Okay, so I'm so, so I'm just want to make sure I'm clear with you. So last week there were like, uh, I think it was ni uh, 90, 95 uh, pending sales that went off in Jackson County. So those ninety five buyers are going to have to go get insurance right now. To, as they as they uh, as they should have that. Hopefully they're already set up. Is what I'm saying. But but if you're on the buyer side, you need to go find out if that actually took place. And then if you're on the seller side, your buyer may not know, and the buyer's agents don't always know to double check that. So if you're on the seller side and you're in escrow, make that buyer's agent, make that buyer uh, confirm in writing from the insurance company that they actually can close on time. And you had a really good point. You said a lot, a lot of people who have mortgages, uh, the insurance comes with it. You know, the, the, uh, the home insurance is paid as part of the mortgage each month. Uh, a lot of us do not do that and pay it separately. And as you're right about that, especially if you pay it monthly and you've been affected by this, that was the first thing I, that's the first thing I did. Uh, actually, Alice was, are we paid up on our insurance? For, because we pay it every month. Are we paid up on the insurance there? And uh, we, first, we, we did it by online that, that, that next morning, just to make sure, because it wasn't due until another few days. But uh, you're right, do not be late, especially right now. Uh, especially if you're gonna make a claim, you better make sure you've got all your ducks in a row. 
Well, and even if you're not going to make a claim, um, you do not want your insurance to lapse right now. Because even though things look like they're sort of under control, this has been such a weird year. Um, we just we we just want to make sure everybody is ready for anything. Um, and and if you are making notes, here's the list. As soon as things calm down a little bit, here's what you want to do. You want to have all of your documents on a secure cloud, and you want to keep that updated. Um, more than one time a year. You wanna have as much insurance as you feel comfortable having in the event of a disaster. You do not wanna have that in what I call insurance remorse. So um, like for example, when this is lifted, I'm not gonna be cheapskate anymore. I'm going full replacement on everything because I'm old, I'm tired, and I don't wanna go through this again wondering about my, um, if my coverage is gonna be enough. So. I personally am gonna pay the extra to do full replacement value on everything. I'm also going to um, have everything automatically, like you said, automatically withdrawn from my account early. Never ever gonna worry about this again. Cause you, the last thing you need to do in the middle of a, a, a catastrophe is try to go on your phone and like, did I make, like you just said, like, did I make that payment? Yeah. Yeah, no, and it, it, it makes it makes sense to do that. We talk about being prepared, so uh, we're, uh, we're 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 learning as we go because again, we didn't think it would happen to us. So so we we know we've got this this issue coming. We're going to have a crunch on on rentals. I mean, we're, we're I mean there there was a what two percent uh, rental vacancy I think or something last time we talked to Danielle Remley from Sterling West in here. And you know we've lost a ton of of, of uh, apartments, a ton of places to rent, Alice. That's that's what's uh, so devastating. And um, the the housing. I mean, I just I just don't know. What do you think? How how do we even begin? And we don't have the answers because we're just brokers. <laughs> but how in the world do we begin to 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 address this? Do you think? Right. Well, I think a couple of things are going to happen. We have the natural flow of new listings and um, new investors that are going to be selling new rentals that are going to go on the market, new um, places for rent uh, coming on the market. There's that natural flow, although a lot of that was disrupted by the corona. Um, I still see that that inventory, those houses and those buildings coming online. Um, but I also think a lot of us remember what happened to the market and the prices in Reading and Paradise and the rental market shot through the roof. The prices got really high because the insurance companies were paying people's rent. And then construction got really expensive because the insurance companies were writing these big checks to those people that had those kind of policies. So there was a wave in the beginning um, where there were uh, people that put their houses on the market because they saw an opportunity that weren't planning on doing that. There's another batch of people that are just over living in Southern Oregon, which I think is a huge mistake because this is still the best place to live ever. Um, but they don't want to do it. So they're going to come online. And then we have the natural flow that was going to come on in anyway. So I think it's going to be tight for a few more weeks. But as soon as those insurance checks start coming in, I think we're going to see things loosen up. But prices are going to increase. The right? rental prices, in my opinion, will. You think just um, be, Yeah. And then Airbnb might really become quite, quite the thing. Because these are people that only need two to six months housing. Mm -hmm. So this is a temporary spike. 
right? Well, but you're basing that only off the people who've been displaced and can either rebuild, right? Or that find choose it. to, even if they can. Yeah, these I'll, are people who choose to. But they're, not, they're just not going to be able to do that. I don't, has Paradise, I mean, even Reading, if they've not rebuilt those communities and it's been, you know, a few yeah, years. There was a wave in the beginning that did. Okay, so that's what you're, so you're counting on that happening as going I to be. I am counting on that happening, yes. <laughs> that is my prediction. Now, and, and, and I hope you're right that there's inv enough investors, people out there who may want to come back into the rental market to, to build maybe some new places around. I'm one of these places that are devastated, like the parks and things. Can you, can we reimagine them? now i mean remember those, those places went in in the in the in the 80s can we reimagine these now vacant housing spaces that we have into something different and new that may be able to handle more than what we had before i'm just thinking that now is a good time maybe for us to reimagine what housing can look like in a community that's been devastated by fire that doesn't have a lot of money to rebuild as individual losses Paradise did because we had so many rental units that also went out and in manufactured home parts. Let's reimagine it. What can we do? I have no idea, but we've got to do something better than we have. Well, and those mobile home parks are a, um, a, they are an entity to themselves. They are a category of housing. It's considered commercial. But check it out. Each one of those mobile home spaces is its own tax lot, has its own sewer, has its own plumbing, has its own water. And I don't know in a fire how much those systems are damaged. And I don't know the individual um, owner situations of all those parks, but this could be a real opportunity if one of those owners does not want to rebuild, um, then somebody could come in. You have all those tax lots. Yeah. So I, the last time I talked to like Medford, the city of Medford, because we had a, uh, an opportunity a couple years ago, we were told verbally in that other situation that we had a choice of doing mobile homes. We could do tiny houses, which would be um, basically business model like mobile home, but it was a, a stick built structure, or we could do condos because they were all separate tax lots. So uh, we, we have to take a real quick break here, but Pete and Alice are gonna be right back talking more about what to do in the situation in Southern Oregon. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Southern Oregon, to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belhastro, who unfortunately was one of the folks that did lose his home in the fires last week. Uh, we're talking about real estate. We're talking about what to do if, if you find yourself without a home. And we're talking about businesses. Uh, we were talking about the mobile home parks that were destroyed and what possibly could come from those in the future. And, and Pete, uh, now that we've been able to see some of the uh, business damage um, in Southern Oregon. What do you think is going to happen to those pieces of real estate and those families? Well, you know, the, the governor declared a, a you know disaster for our area. So that helps in terms of some recovery. The businesses, I, I wonder what's going to happen, Alice. You know, you come up uh, uh, Highway 99 through Talent in Phoenix, and, and, and it, believe me, it does not look the same from the Harley-Davidson building in Phoenix that's gone to... Uh, you know, the Burger King at exit uh, 19 that's gone. The Angel Apartments and Talent are gone. The, I mean, you just go on and on here. We've had a tremendous business loss. So now that, that the ripple effect, it loses jobs or, or, or displaced. So some people, not only Alice, lost their homes, they also lost their jobs in some of the businesses that were along the highway there. So that's even a double whammy for some people. So 
those are those are the people in the community that we really need to reach out and help. And there are many, my goodness, there's so many organizations and groups right now that are helping, including realtors in terms of donating. I know there's a number of items that they, they really need to help and get people some sort of shelter. I don't know if FEMA is going to come in here when we, when we do our show today, but FEMA may be able to help with some of their trailers. Remember the trailers that are down, that they have thousands and thousands of them. Maybe we need to bring some of those in here to help the displaced as well, because we have the space for them. We just need the facilities to put them into. So that's, that's a possibility there. So again, we, we have opportunities here to, to, to redo this and think how we manage disasters like this. And uh, hopefully our elected officials and the people in charge, the, the firefighters, all the groups that are doing this and the aid people from the Red Cross on down, we, 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 we need to listen to them because they're the experts doing this. It's not you and me. I mean, you know, we're not out there doing this in, in, in our world. And, uh, but there's, thank goodness there are people out there who do care about us and, uh, and help. And we're going to need it because we've got devastation everywhere around us in this county. I don't think Jackson County has ever had in its existence. It was established in 1859 that Jackson County has ever had such a, a disastrous day, uh, a week, in its, in its history. The floods weren't even this bad. I mean, the you know, flooding is bad, but I don't think we have had anything like this so broad, so all over the county affecting so many people. And, and so unexpected. So yeah. now um, with the time we have left, um, let's talk a little bit about if you are, uh, if you had something listed and it burned, if it burned completely down, then there is no listing it gets canceled and pete and i had a, a couple this week yeah, um, that yeah. we verified we're not standing anymore uh nope. the same if you're in contract if you have a buyer and a seller in contract in escrow and the property burns down then there is no escrow the buyer gets their earnest money back that was a question this week yes you give the money back to the buyer it was not their fault and now the buyer has to go find another house but I just, I just want everybody to take a breath and know that it's been almost a week. Uh, we're going to have our ducks in a row starting next week. There are a whole bunch of people that will be selling their house now uh, for a variety of reasons. And we mentioned it earlier in the show. Some we're going to put it on the market anyway, uh, just post-corona. Well, not post-corona, but delayed corona. And, and now we have people because of the fires, uh, they're going to sell because of the opportunity. Um, because it means they can get a good buyer right away, especially if there's insurance money involved. Um, or they're, they're just going to go somewhere else. Or now they have all these people living with them, right? They have yeah. all these people living with them, and now they need a much bigger house. So um, I do think it's going to take a few weeks, but we are going to have people start putting their house on the market starting <laughs> next, next week. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that one, too, and, 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 see, uh, and, and see if you're right. In the meantime... We've got, you got, we've got lots of people, you know, who, who, who are in need. And I'm just, I, I wonder what um, uh, listings are going to be like, how we're going to, to manage them. If, if, uh, uh, if, if there's a, I'm curious as to what this week is going to look like when we look at the stats next week that we do every week, you know, Alice, and see how much this is affected. I'm assuming it's going to be really a, a pretty devastating week in terms of, of, of real estate sales. But before this last week, sales were just continuing that that really fall pace they were just they had gone up pending sales closed sales in all three counties this last the week before this were, were up again so our market was just humming along here and now all of a sudden especially in jackson county it's going to contract somehow it just has to how much it goes how far it goes we don't know yet but it's going to contract somewhat and uh, uh 
you know, that's, that's just the way that is. But it's interesting because it's going to come back. Uh, there's no question about that because we still is a desirable place and we're just going to look a little bit different. Why can't we come in? You know, we learned a lesson about Bear Creek, Alice, don't you think? The undergrowth is so, so bad along Bear Creek in so many stretches. It burns so fast and so hot. Maybe this is a good lesson to us to keep the, the greenway uh, away from that kind of undergrowth, like we've done up in the Ashland watershed, for example. We've cleaned them, we've cleared them, we, we've made them less fire resistant in the middle of the urban area. Maybe that's going to be our big lesson learned from this week, is that let's keep the greenway cleaner. Let, let's not have all of the undergrowth, the blackberry briars. They all burn. I mean, there's nothing left along there. It burns so hot. Maybe that's the lesson we learned. So if we do get a fire in the Greenway in the future, it's not going to be as devastating. Even if we have big winds, we can stop it before it did what it did to us on Tuesday of this week. And if you are lucky enough to still have um, your place, whether you're a tenant or an owner, this is a good time to look at fire-resistant landscaping, which is kind of what Pete is talking about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so if... You know, if you are a person who still has your home, then you this is a good time for you to get all your documents up on the cloud. Uh, this is a good time to make sure you have an emergency go kit, although all of us have that. Some of us still have our stuff in our car because we're still scared. Uh, but, you know, these are things that you can do. You can walk around your house. You can get an inspection. Um, agents like myself document people's houses with my uh, 3D virtual camera in my drone area would do that. I do that for all my clients every few years. They get a phone call if there's a cancellation. Um, somebody who's worked with me, uh, including my investors, we go out and we document. And this is why. And we learned this from Paradise and Reading. This is why. So every few years, you can have something up to date. So you can prove to your insurance company um, or your landlord that that was a $5,000 TV, not a $500 TV. Yeah, no, that's really true. And, we, and it come, believe me, it will come in handy. We had pictures of our house, thank goodness. So we got to use those with, with our insurance. We would get to use those with them. And, you know, uh, uh, it's amazing, as devastating as it was, Alice, the loss of life in our valley was so minimal. It, it, it was remarkable because of the work that so many did to get people out. We don't know what the, if there's more, but, you know, uh, for the most part, people heeded the warnings and, and, and got out. It was a mess and traffic and everything. And, but most of us are okay. We only lost things in the end, uh, and those can be replaced. And our community is going to be different and changed. And hopefully, in the end, Alice, it's going to be better, right? We're going to have better housing and better communities and hope people will come back and don't leave our valley for good. Well, and uh, we're going to have to wrap it up for today, but we're going to continue the conversation this week. There's uh, anything any realtor can do, just please reach out and ask. We're here to help. Um, we're service oriented. We're not just salespeople. And we do care about you and your family a lot. We're praying for everybody. Uh, we're here to help. So uh, let us know what we can do for you. In the meantime, um, just try to hang in there and take a deep breath. It is going to get better. Remember, you can reach out to the Red Cross, the United Way, and each city's municipality will have, um, will have uh, websites and places for you to go and, and get help. This is Pete and Alice saying goodbye. Have a, as good of a weekend as you can, and we're praying for all of you. Bye now. See you later. Bye. And Pete, good luck to you. Let us know how it turns out. All right. I will. All righty, Alice. I am off.